1: Thank you We just proclaim, Father God, we proclaim who you are, Lord God. We proclaim to the darkness, Father God, that we're yours. We proclaim, Father God, that we belong to you and we do not belong to the kingdom of darkness, but we belong to the kingdom of light, a great kingdom, a shining kingdom, a kingdom that knows no end. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. John fourteen twenty-seven says, Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. How how many are catching that we keep hearing over and over, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Over and over, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God wants us to know we don't have to be afraid. Amen. We don't have to be afraid. And the enemy comes in many ways to steal our peace. Amen. There are storms within us sometimes, there are storms outside of us. Sometimes, that sounds really loud. Is that really loud? Sometimes the storm outside of us affect the storms inside of us. It doesn't matter what kind of storm we're in. God is able and he will calm the storm. Amen. I feel like there's some people that God wants to know you've been through some long battles. I know I've said this a couple of times over the last few months, but he put it back in me today. You've been through some long battles. You've been through some hard battles. But don't give up hope. Keep holding on. Because God is going to bring you through. God is going to restore your peace. God is going to bring you through the battle that you've been fighting. Amen? The enemy may be coming in to steal your peace. He may be coming in to try to take away what God has for you. But God says, just hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Presence. What a sweet presence of the Lord in this house. God, we just have to give you praise and glory because we know that you're beginning to move, Lord God, in unprecedented ways. We know that you're beginning, Father God, to break through the darkness. We know, God, that you're beginning to move, Lord God, in ways that we've cried out for for a long time. Father, so we just glorify you, Lord. We magnify you, Father God. We just turn our hearts to you, Lord God. We say, Father, have your way in this house. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in this city. Oh, God, have your way. We make a place for you. Have your way.
2: Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice in this place. Come on, lift your voice. Clap your hands. Come on, let's give the Lord, the King of Kings, Jesus, King Jesus. Let's give Him praise and adoration today. Come on, you can do better than that. We thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. You have no rival. You have no rival, Lord. Come on, sing that. You have no rival. Come on, sing it out. Come on now. And praise in this house today, Lord. Lord, your name, your name, Lord, there's power in your name. In the name of Jesus, fear has to bow. In the name of Jesus, sickness has to bow. In the name of Jesus, depression has to leave. Lord, we seek your name. Lord, we seek you. Lord, we seek your face. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Come on, can we just take a moment? Can you lift your hands, stretch them towards heaven? Can you just begin to just love on Jesus? He is all that you need. He is the more. He's come to give you life and life more abundantly. So he is the more today. So whatever you need, lift up your hands. Maybe you're watching from home today. Lift up your hands. Come on. We worship you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. We praise your name. God, we know, Lord, that you love us. Lord, that you call us your children. So God, we come before you, God, as your children today. We say, hey, Lord, there's some needs in our midst and there's some situations. But Lord, we know that your name is above every situation and every need. And we say, Lord, here's my need. Here's my situation, Lord. Lord, we cast that on you, Lord. The word says, Lord, that if we cast our, our burdens on you, Lord, because you care for us. So today, Lord, we take your yoke. Your yoke is light. Your burden is light, Lord. So, Lord, we give you our needs and our situations. And we say, hey, Lord, we trust you. Lord, we believe in you. And we know, Lord, that you have the answer for us. And God, we thank you for that. What grace you've given us, Lord. What mercy you've given us, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you adoration today. Hallelujah. Come on, there's a sweet presence of the Lord in this place. Soften our hearts today, Lord, with your presence today, Lord. Soften our hearts with your presence today. God, those who are watching online, maybe at home right now, God, let your presence, Lord, that is in this building, God, begin to flow, God, in their homes and in their hearts right now. Hallelujah. Come on, we're not going to get in a hurry today. Say, well, we might be worried about the time. I want you to just forget about the time for a moment and just begin to focus on Jesus. Oh, we love you. We honor you. We praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this place. Come on. Come on, give him your best praise. Give him your best praise today. Look at, look at someone across the building and just point at them and say, just just look at them just like this and just, now just point at them kind of like that. There you go. All right, good deal. Wave it. Look at someone else and wave at them, okay? There you go. All right, you may be seated today. It's so good to see you today so good to have you in the house of the Lord today, and I tell you what, I I woke up and I was, uh, saw something that I wasn't used to, didn't know if it was ice, didn't know if it was rain, it was like a slushy fell from the sky, it's the only way I know how to describe it is, and uh, coming from uh, California, not really knowing how to judge the roads, you know, uh, I looked for some wisdom. And, uh, this morning and, uh, just felt like, uh, the roads were relatively clear for the most part. I didn't have any problems and I probably came, you know, maybe not as far as some, but came pretty far away. I live out in the, the, the boondocks out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, but we made it praise Jesus. And so, uh, uh, but we know if you stayed home, we know that you probably may have had it worse than where you're at. So the the good thing is, and I'll I'll tell you this, it's supposed to steadily just kind of warm up as the day goes on. So the longer I preach, the safer it is going to be for you to go home. So everyone here said, oh, I should have stayed home today, right? So... No, uh, I'm so glad that you're here today. And if you are a guest with us today, I want to say welcome um, and thank you for coming out on this day. Uh, you know, one thing about winter is it, it uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely different than summer, right? <laughs> and, and a lot of people look down on winter, but the thing about winter is it sets us up uh, for the spring, and in order for life to come, things have to die and they have to come down. But, but we're coming into that season where we're about to move into the spring. And, and, and I just want to say this. I don't know. The Holy Spirit just laid this on my heart. We're coming into a season where things are going to come to life. I, I, now, that's not in my notes. And I just felt that in my heart. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just led that. And I just want to tell you to hang on to your seats. Buckle up, because God is about to do something uh, in our midst, and I believe that. Do you believe that today? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If you are a guest with us today, I want to say welcome, and uh, I am pastor here. Yes, the little short, balding guy up here uh, who looks like he's 17. Please say yes, amen. All right. All right, I know you don't have to lie on for my behalf, but uh, I want to say welcome today. And so, if you are guests with us, home folks, let's give all of our guests a welcome this morning. (laughs) We're glad you made it out today, and uh, I tell you what, I just feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. I really do, and uh, there's no place I'd rather I would rather be today than right here. In the house of the Lord, and God is moving in our midst, and God's got us right in the palm of His hand. I want to tell you this: if you can be here next week, I want to encourage you to be here next week because I'm going to be speaking next week, and I'm going to be casting vision for for the year uh, 2021. I've been hesitating because I I want to go through the right uh, uh, number one. I, I told you a few weeks ago, God has just been downloading things. Um, to me, and usually God speaks to me in the wee hours of the morning, unfortunately for me, um, but you know what? When he speaks, I try to just take note of it, and I try to try to keep it all down, and I try to do that, but next week, I'm going to be casting vision for, for 2021 and the direction that we're going, and uh, I want to encourage you to be here, to be a part of that, and I'm excited about it. We're going to trust God, and we're just going to believe God, and we know that God is going to take us to places that we didn't even know that we could go because God has taken us and not, not our own agenda, and, and so we're just going to trust in God, and so I want to encourage you to be here, and uh, I'll be casting vision, so vision vision Sunday next week, weather permitting, right, and uh, we'll just pray that that we'll have a nice day of 60 degrees, all right, and everyone, everyone's like, right, bring on that California weather, right? So, uh, but I, I wanted to do that. I want to let you know that um, today, I, I, uh, I was originally—I mean, I was talking about vision. I orig- originally was going to try to cast vision today, um, but I, I just felt like there was a just a pause in my heart to do that today, and I felt like that I needed to move that to next week. Um, I wanted to talk to you today, and I'm going to speak on a subject and. And, and I'm so glad the Holy Spirit moved the way uh, that he did during worship because it softens our heart for the word of God. Everyone everyone says, oh, buckle up, here we go, right? When you hear that, it's like buckle up, here we go, right? Um, but I want to talk to you on a subject that, that we don't hear too much in, in the modern church. Uh, you do from time to time, but in not a, not a lot of places, but I, I just felt like the Lord led me to this and i want to talk to you today about repentance repentance and uh, i know that's not a very popular word that's not prosperity and that's not blessing and that's not all the things all the good things that god gives us uh, but let me tell you repentance is is needed and repentance is 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 part of the process of this walk with god and uh, so we're going to if you have your bibles we're going to be at 2 corinthians the 7th chapter and uh, how many brought your Bible today? All right, all right. If you brought your Bible, uh, don't hold it up, but just look for the Scriptures so I can get going. How's that? So we'll, we can get out of here at a, at a decent time today. Uh, if you don't have it, you can look at it on the screen and just trust that I put the right Scripture up there today, okay? All right, 2 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 7, verse 8. And this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, obviously. And this is what he said. I am not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while. Now I'm glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have, so you were not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. Everyone said, "Amen. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Let me, let me repeat that last line again. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Let's pray today. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful presence that we felt in this house. God, I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open, that our ears would be open. Lord, that our minds, Lord, would be focused today, Lord, as we uh, are given this word. I pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to speak, God. Let them not be my own, but let them be, be your words. And I pray, Lord, that as, as Lord... Today, Lord, we are sowing seed. God, I pray, Lord, that hearts would be changed forever. Lord, that lives would be changed forever. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, everyone look at your neighbor real fast and say, you look good today. All right. That was, I wasn't, I, I don't know if some of you really believe what you said. It was pretty quiet. You just kind of like, I look good today. You know, kind of one of those deals. Um. um from Genesis all the way through Revelation, God's men came on the scene co- consistently and said this one key word, and that was repent. And I'm going to give you some examples here. Uh, you guys remember from the steps of the ark in Genesis chapter 6 um, that, and, and, and would say something, uh, and Noah, he said, something, something good is going to happen, right? Isn't that what Noah said while he was preaching? Nope, nope, that's not what he said. No, he said, he said, repent, right? And Noah, Noah preached a gospel, uh, uh, the message that repent, because he knew that, that something was coming, okay? So there in Genesis, we see it in, in uh, the prophet Joel, in Joel 2.13, he said, rend your hearts, get right, repent, okay? We're just going to keep walking. Jeremiah, you know, I talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night, was thrown into prison, or a dungeon for preaching, and you know what he was preaching? He, uh, the me I see, I'll, I'll be. No, that's not what he was preaching. But he was preaching this. He was calling for a nation to repent, and something happens when you begin to. Preach on repentance, uh, people's hearts sometimes get a little bit hard because they don't like the word that's coming out of, uh, you know, the, maybe the man of God or the man of woman's, uh, or man of woman, the woman of God. I don't know why I said that. The woman of God's mouth, okay? Here's another one. John the Baptist, the forerunner for Jesus, uh, lost his head not because he preached, smile, God loves you, but because he told people to repent from their wickedness, Right? All right, we'll just keep on going. How about this? When Jesus himself came on the scene, the first message he would bring was not that God loves you and so do I, but repent. The kingdom of God is among you. All right, you guys catching the theme here? In Revelation, we read that two witnesses didn't lay dead in the streets of Jerusalem because they preached prosperity. But they dressed in sackcloth and they, and they said uh, they will call on the people to repent and they will be be basically murdered in the streets because of of this message it's amazing to me so i mean if you see it going through scripture you got to stop and take pause and say hey this is something that matters to god and it matters to you if it and if you're a believer if it matters to god it should matter to you amen and so the key to unlocking the full blessing of salvation is found in repentance. Everyone say repentance. You say, "What is repentance?" And I say, "Thank you for asking that because that goes right along with my sermon." So, what is repentance? It simply means this, and I, I mentioned this yesterday to my brother-in-law who's here, and we were we were talking about about this, just kind of and. But it literally means this: to change direction. Repentance is. Instead of going left, you go right. Instead of going down, you go up. You just completely change direction. Um, You know, contrary to popular belief, it's not an emotion but an action. Repentance is found in action, not just an emotion, right? Uh, Most people think it it is to feel bad about what you've done, but simply means to change direction. It's it's not enough to just feel bad about what you've done, but there's something about changing direction. We have this saying in our house that when someone says, I'm sorry, this is what we say. You know what? When you say that you're sorry for something, that means that you're going to do your best to never do it again. And that's what repentance looks like, is I'm going to, I'm going this direction, and and I'm sorry I did that, and turning around and going the complete opposite direction. That's what repentance is. It's not a quarter turn, but an about face or a 180 degree change. And Paul's telling us in this text that godly sorrow works repentance. Now, the key to that is godly sorrow, but the world sorrow always leads to death. And, and I'll give you an example here. Think about this. Think about, all, uh, think about how full our prisons are in, in, the, in the United States. And many people that are in prison, they feel sorrow for what, they're, what they've done. But what they really feel sor- sorry about is that they got caught doing what they're doing. It's not the fact that they are sorry that they did it. It's... Uh, it's Because they got caught doing what they're doing. It's kinda like kind of like my kids when they do something wrong. It's maybe not that they're sorry that they did it, but they're sorry that they got caught. Has anyone ever been there? You ever been sorry that you got caught doing something? All right. Maybe you're speeding. You're sorry you got caught. Sorry, officer. Sorry I was speeding. I shouldn't have been speeding. Uh, but I might add this, that some, I mean, not all prisoners are the right. Some have truly repented and turned away from their wicked ways. And, and for those who have done that, we say praise, the, praise God for that. But I want to look at the two kinds of sorrows that we, we talked about and, about, and mainly repentance. And we know godly sorrow brings repentance, right? And worldly sorrow, one leads us uh, being hung by guilt, but godly sorrow will lead us to true Repentance. Two men had the best teacher in the history of teachers. Two men who would walk, uh, walk and talk and question uh, this leader. And they would both fail at the, on the exact same day. And one would have worldly sorrow and one would have godly sorrow. Well, I want to look at that contrast today. And that great teacher that I'm talking about is Jesus. And those two men that failed greatly are Judas... And Peter, both men failed failed miserably in a time that Jesus probably needed them the most, right? And you guys know the story. But so here's my first point. I'm not going to hold you long today, just long enough to where you can get home safe when the temperature rises. That's it, okay? Here's my first point, and you can write this down if you're a note taker, is this. Hung up by guilt, worldly sorrow, that's what that is. Hung up by guilt. You ever felt guilty for something that you've done? Anybody ever felt guilty for something that you've done? All right, thank you. One person, you're honest. God bless you. Anybody else felt guilty for All right, two people. All right, so we're, we're doing okay. Um, I've made mistakes in my life. There's been times that I've, uh, and I've been talking about this on, wen- on Wednesday. I talked about the, the power of the tongue. There's been times that my, my mouth got a- ahead of my head, and I've said things that I totally regretted. Right, and then I felt guilty about it—not so much that I said it, but the fact that it, you know, I, that I can't believe that I said that to you, you know, kind of moment. Uh, but so we know this about Judas—he's known as the betrayer in the Bible—and it amazes me that this guy spent uh, the same amount of time with all the other disciples and was around the same Jesus, saw the same miracles, uh, but failed miserably. Uh, you know, and uh, he would basically live up to that title of being a betrayer. And look at this. For 30 pieces of silver, he would basically uh, lead, lead the high priest and those to arrest Jesus and identify him with a kiss on a cheek. Now, 30 pieces of silver was not much back in that time. You know, it really, it really wasn't that much much money. And Scripture tells us that sorrow filled the, the heart of the man from Kerioth, uh, which, is, which is Judas. Not godly sorrow that leads to repentance, but sorrow of the world that would lead to his death. I want to show you something here. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 27, verse 3. And I don't know. You may have a uh, different translation, but I'm going to be reading this one out of the, the, the King James Version today. All right? And it, it, and it simply says this. Then Judas which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, talking about Jesus, look at, this, look at this phrasing, repented himself. Repented himself. Now, okay, I want you to take note there. Judas didn't repent to Jesus, but look who he repented to, himself. It's interesting. I mean, when I, when I begin to break this down, I begin to look at this, and I thought... That is, that is strangely, that is just strange that it's in that place. And perhaps regretting his actions of betraying Jesus with a kiss for just 30 pieces of silver. The, the man that he followed, the man that he believed, that he had given up probably, you know, close to three years of his life following Jesus. He gave him up that quick for, for money. Now, the Bible also tells us in Proverbs that the love of money is the root of all evil. And you'll be surprised what people will do for money. Right? You guys with me today? Hanging in there. All right, let me know you're out there. (laughs) He then took the silver this is interesting because once he got that you could probably turn me down here in the in the monitors just a little bit he then he then uh, took the silver and then he takes it back to the temple once he sees the regret and once he begins to feel remorse some of you have translations that probably says he had remorse but when he began to repent to himself he took this silver and he goes into the temple and he goes and he he tries to give it back to the high priest. And he says, listen, I, I want to give you this 30 pieces of silver back because I made a mistake. How many times have we, have, do we try to undo the mistake that we've made? And that's what Judas is doing here. He goes back, and this is, this is, the irony of this is that the high priest couldn't take that money back because that was considered blood money because Jesus' blood was on that money, okay? And the high priest knew that, and the high priest said, we, we don't want anything to do with you. They just basically shunned him and told him to leave. Judas does something pretty pretty amazing here. He takes this, this 30 pieces of silver in the temple, and he just throws it all on the floor and scatters it on the floor, as if to say, I know that you don't want this to be your problem, but now this is going to be your problem. Because the Jewish tradition there was the high priest was the only one that could be there in the temple, and they were the only ones that could pick that up. And so what he did by throwing that was he made a demand, this is not just my problem now, this is your problem as well. So what did the high priests do? What did the priests do? They picked up that silver. Knowing that, that it was blood money, they could not put it back into the treasury from which it came. So what did they do? They took it and they bought, they bought a, a, a chunk of land out on the land. And it was basically a, a place that, that nobody, it was called the field to bury the strange. Nobody wanted to buy that. But you know what? We couldn't take the money back, so we're just going to do this. It's going to be, we're going to buy the field where you bury the strange. How many have property that you're going to name that now? The field where we bury the strange. All right, maybe somebody in the house. I don't know. Anyways, so, so he does that. But, but why, and, and it's, it's funny to me, after forcing the priest to deal with the blood money, Judas would go, and then he would hang himself on the branch of a tree. Now, now I want to show you something. This, this is amazing to me. Um, And why would he do that? And I'm going to show you in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 19, verses 16 through 19. It tells us that if someone falsely accuses someone of something, they would have to endure the punishment of the crime they brought against the falsely accused. So what are you saying there, TJ? This is what it would mean. It would be like me uh, saying, hey, Matt Olson stole some money from me, and accusing him of being a thief, okay? And some of you said, I know he is a thief. No, I'm just kidding. He's not a thief, okay? Y'all pray for Matt. No. But it would be like me accusing Matt of stealing money from me, and then basically... We go before a judge, and if there is no evidence that that actually happened, it would be like me crying wolf, and the judge would say, you know what, because you accused him of stealing money, and there's no proof that he stole money, guess what? You have to bear the, the, the punishment for what you accused him of. Sounds like something that might, we might want to implement nowadays, right? It kept people from uh, crying wolf unless they had undeniable proof that somebody did something. And so that's what Judas does. And I don't know if he did it uh, uh, intentionally or if it was subconsciously in him. But he hanged himself from a tree just like Jesus was hanged from a tree. Like he knew that, that Jesus was going to be crucified and then he hanged himself from a tree. I love how God's word works and how when God establishes something, something happens, right? And worldly sorrow looks differently than godly sorrow. And you can write this down if you want. Here's what we know about worldly sorrow. It's just quickly. It always leads to death, number one. The wages of sin is death. Right? The wages of sin is death, but the the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Okay, number one. It always leads to death. But first notice... You know, Judas, he, he had remorse. He felt bad. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on that just a minute when he has that moment with Jesus. And, and when he felt bad, guilt, uh, he was guilty. And he felt guilt in his heart. Why? Because he saw at that moment that he had betrayed Jesus. And Judas, Scripture tells us that after dealing with guilt, he had mental distress. You ever been been distressed mentally where you're just, you're so upset, you're dealing with something, you have so much grief in your heart that you can't wrap your head around it, that you just become overwhelmed with the situation? And that's where Judas is, and he's trying to fix things on his own. And Judas tried to cover up his mess by returning the money as if that was going to do anything, that that was going to fix anything. All he was trying to do was clear his conscience for what he had done and he ultimately would basically punish himself notice his repentance was to himself and not to Jesus it's kind of I, I think it's ironic that instead of going straight to Jesus at that moment and saying saying Jesus forgive me for this he repented to himself his guilt would overtake him here's a second one and I'm not going to be too much longer Matter of fact, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I told you I wasn't going to keep you long today. You guys are like, praise God. Here's the second point I want to make. And this is godly sorrow, but it's held up in glory. I want to say held up in glory. So here, to the contrary from, from Judas, we see Peter. Peter, known as the rock. And it amazes me the parallels between Judas and Peter. If you look at this, this is, this is, and I'm, 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 I'm grateful that the Holy Spirit pointed this out to me. And, I, and this is something that, that I think is, is worth looking at. And I think it's worth evaluating because we need to know that when we repent, we're, that we're repenting with the right attitude and the right heart. So look at this, look at this. Number one, both men were called devils by Jesus. Both Judas and Peter. In Judas, John chapter 6, verse 7, he says, Then Jesus said, I chose the twelve of you. But one is a devil. Who was he talking about? Judas. He was talking about Judas. Matthew 16, 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. I don't know about you. I don't know if I would want Jesus to call me Satan. That, that's kind of a, that's a low blow, right? Here's number two. Jesus warned both. They would fail. He warned them both. He gave them both knowledge of this. Matthew 26:23 tells us, he's talking about Judas. He replied, "One of you who has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me." You know what that means? Even if Judas didn't think that he was one, that he's one of the twelve, that it could have possibly been him. Right? And then look at this. In Matthew 26:34, Jesus replied, "I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you, uh, three times that you even know me. Think about that. So, so Jesus would foretell both men, hey, you're going to fail. He would let them know that they're going to fail. Can you believe that? I mean, if you were told that you were going to fail, do you think that maybe in your mind that you would fix something in your heart and say, hey, you know what? I can change this. I can move this. Look at this. I like this one. Uh, both uh, Both were given the opportunity to turn from sin. In Judas, Matthew 26, 50, it says, Jesus said, my friend. And this is Jesus when Judas meets him in the garden there. And this is what Jesus does. He looks at Judas and he says, my friend. The guy that's betraying him, Jesus looks at him and he says, my friend. he calls him his friend. Jesus said that. Go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. So Jesus gave him a moment. At that moment, he called him friend. And Judas could have easily have turned and and changed his mind at that moment, but he did not. Luke chapter 22, verse 61 says this. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind before the rooster crows tomorrow morning. You will deny three times that you even know me. Can you imagine, I I don't know, maybe you are like me, uh, you know, when my wife tells me something and then that reality happens and then it begins to flash through my mind. I remember Tristan told me not to do that or Tristan told me to do something, anybody with me? And you're like, oh, yeah, you did say that, didn't you? You did do that. I mean, we've all been there. But look at this. Look at this. Here's here's the point that I want to bring home. Both repented. Look at this, look at this, Matthew 27, 3 says, Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he, and we read this earlier, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. Now look at this one, Matthew 26, 75. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind before the rooster crows. You will deny three times that you even know me. And look at this, look at the last portion, and Matthew says it different than Luke right here. He says, And he went away weeping bitterly. Can you imagine Peter? Jesus had said that he would deny, deny him, and there he is on trial. And the rooster crows the third time and or or, crows and, and after Peter denied him three times. And there in that moment, Jesus looks at Peter, and Peter is like, I can't believe I just did that. Do you ever have those moments where you just go, man, God, I, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just made that mistake. Lord, you even warned me about it, and I did that. I was the one who cut the guard's ear off because I wasn't going to let them arrest you. And I said I would die for you, but here I am in this midst, in the midst of turmoil, and in the midst of this situation, I was one of the first ones to deny you. Matter of fact, as Jesus would get closer to the cross, less and less disciples would be there. And you know the story that only only one disciple was at the foot of the cross. So Peter would deny him three times, and one man, here's what we know, and, and Judas would betray Jesus. One man goes to the bottom of a heap in history of humanity. Matthew 26 24 says this says, better, and talking about Judas, it says better for him that he hadn't even been born. That's strong words. Strong words about about Judas. While the other, Peter, is elected with admiration and spiritual leadership. But what is the difference? It's simply this. Judas' repentance was worldly while Peter's was godly. And I'm going to show you how here in just a minute. Simply this. Judas said, look at the mess that I'm in. And look at the mess that I've made. But Peter, on the other hand, repented and changed his direction. I told you repentance is changing direction. It's changing direction. But not at first. This is what Peter did. After he denied Jesus, do you know what happened to him? Do you know what he decided to do in his grief as he cried and he went away bitterly? Do you know what, what Peter? on uh, that We know this, that on Resurrection Sunday, there was new hope infused in Peter. But although Jesus had risen... Due to Peter's failure, he felt he could never again be used in ministry. Can you imagine letting, feeling like you let your mentor, your main mentor in your life down? Can you imagine what that would feel like? And so there he is in those moments. And, and, and can I tell you this? If you failed in here, maybe you were in a ministry or maybe in your life you failed and you've made a mistake Can I tell you the biggest lie that you could ever believe from the enemy is that God can't use you? The biggest lie that you could ever believe from the enemy is if you failed and if you've made a mistake is to say God can't use me anymore because I'm not worthy. And Peter here in this moment, this is where he is at. He, he feels like, man, there's hope that Jesus resurrected, but you know what? I feel like I'm not worthy because I failed him not once, not twice, three times, and I messed up. And can I tell you this? It's the condition of your heart that matters. Now, look at this. In John chapter 21, and you guys can play Feeling like a failure, we see Peter going back. This is what Peter does. And this is what my tendency is, and this is what your tendency is. When we fail, when we mess up, when we sin, my tendency is to go back to what I know. So Peter, what does he do? After he's failed, he's messed up, he says, you know what? I guess I'm not going to be, uh, you know, one of, one of Jesus' disciples at this point. I guess the best thing I can do is go back to fishing because I know how to fish. I'm gonna go back to fishing. That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I'll just, I'll just live a quiet life from this point on. And, 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 I want to just add this. In this moment, when I was thinking about this story in John chapter, chapter six, he actually goes back and he's fishing. Number one, do you remember when Jesus called Peter out and he told him to come follow him? And it would appear at that moment that when he left, that he left everything and just abandoned his boats, right? But for some reason, Peter had a plan B. And that plan B should have never existed. Because Jesus, when you follow Jesus, you've got to follow him wholeheartedly. There's never a plan B with Jesus. It's follow him or nothing. It's a change of direction or it's nothing. In 1519, Hernan Cortez led an expedition of boats and 600 men to Mexico and the legend says that he burned the boats to show the men, once once they got there, he burned the boats to show the men that there is no return and our job now is to conquer Mexico. And Peter, somehow, maybe somebody he knew, maybe it was his but he found himself going back to a boat that he had access to. Can I tell you this, in your, and you can write this down. If in your walk with God, you need a commitment strategy, not an exit strategy. I'm gonna say that again. In your walk with God, you need a commitment strategy, not an exit strategy. And unfortunately, with Peter, he made his, his mistake but his thought was, I'm just going to just bow out peacefully and quietly here and go back to what I know and go fishing. Matter of fact, there are seven disciples with him on that boat when he's fishing. So everybody's just kind of like, hey, we're just kind of kind of give up right now. We're just going to just lay low. But the story goes on, Peter fishes with the disciples and as they're fishing and they're going along the shore, they see a figure by the shore and sitting there and they look at this figure and there's a fire maybe piques their interest they begin to look at this figure and scripture tells us that John looks at him and goes Jesus? is that you? and I love Jesus what he says there in that moment he looks at them and he says this he says Children, He calls them children. I love that. He calls them children. He didn't call them failures. He didn't call them rebels. He didn't call them losers. He didn't call them sinners. He said children. In that moment, he could have looked at all those disciples and said, you guys are a bunch of abandoning, betraying people. Why did you leave me on the cross by myself? But he didn't do that. He said Children. Children. And I like that. He says this, cast your net on the right side of the boat. He tells them, he's yelling, cast your net on the right side of the boat. You guys been fishing? You guys caught anything? They're like, no, Lord, we haven't. Cast your net on the right side of the boat. And what? Let me tell you, why the right side of the boat? Because when Jesus tells you to do something, it's always right. It's always going to be right. It's never wrong. It's always right. And so what do they do? They cast their net on the right side of the boat, and they get this large portion of fish but what happens here is Jesus sitting there on the shore and he's got he's making fish he's making bread he's making McFishes on the side of the sea with fire Jesus is throwing down some fish barbecue on the, on the side of the sea there and can I tell you this? Uh, when I looked at this story and I began to break this apart, and I began to think about this. The thing that Peter was running to, I, I'm going to go back to be a fisherman, Jesus supplied right there on the seashore for him. So what does Peter do? He realizes it's Jesus and he does the unthinkable. I, he, he has a change of Direction. Matter of fact, what you need to know is fishermen in those days, they would basically kind of wear their skibbies out in the, in, when they would fish. They would get down to kind of their long underwear while they were out there. Just And so Peter in his, in his long underwear, basically he's out there. And the scripture tells us that he grabs his robe. He grabs his robe. And instead of waiting for the boat to get to Jesus, you know what he does? He pulls uh, Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Dan moment and jumps out of the boat and starts to swim to Jesus. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And when he swims to Jesus in that moment, there's a change of direction. There's a repentive heart. He knows he's made mistakes, but he knows that he can't go in the direction that he's going. And I love this conversation that Jesus has with Peter. And he says it like this. He says, Peter... He says, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, I love you. And he says, then feed my lambs. And he says, says it again. He asks him again. He says, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, I love you. And he says, tend to my sheep. And he says, third time, Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, you know all. You know that I love you. And he says, then feed my sheep. I'm so glad that God knows what he's doing Peter denied Jesus three times, but then he just told Jesus that he loved him three times. And the grace of God covers all sin. Godly repentance always leads to a change. Listen, listen, listen. When he made the decision, hey, I've failed. I've messed up. I'm going to step away. I'm going to go back to what I know. I'm going to be a fisherman. Jesus quickly calls him and says, no, I've not called you to be a fisherman. I've called you to be a shepherd. I've not called you to to sit in guilt and pain, but I, godly sorrow changes you. It leads you to repentance, and I love that. And you should love that today. Godly sorrow works repentance. It's a change from left to right, from down to up, from guilt to innocence, from death to life. Romans 6.23, and I said this earlier, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. When you make a 180 or you turn towards Jesus, you go from death to life. You go from guilt to innocence. You go from mourning to dancing. It's a 180. Romans two. Verses 2-4 through tells us that the Lord's kindness leads us to repentance. It's only because of His kindness that He leads us to repentance. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says this. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. I want you to look at the verbiage here. Now repent of your sins and what? turn 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 it's an action it's not an emotion it's not guilt that 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 drives you it's the action of hey god i i'm truly sorry so i'm not going to do that anymore lord i'm not going to hurt you i'm not going to fail you and just like peter Just like Peter, you know, you might be in that moment of your life where you're like, hey, I feel like giving up. I feel like throwing up my hands. I feel like a failure. I feel like I've messed up. Can I tell you, godly repentance is waiting there. Jesus is waiting there. He knows where you're at. He knows your need. And he's sitting there saying, come out of the boat. Come on. Bow your heads with me all across this building. God, I thank you for your word today. Lord, as we move forward in 2021, Lord, God, let us not take for granted, Lord, what godly repentance brings. God, it's not shame, it's not guilt, but it's a change from death to life, from innocence or from guilt to innocence. from weakness to strength. If you're here under the sound of my voice, you hear me talking about repentance, I want to give you this moment to know Jesus. It's not a better moment to know him. Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. The Holy Spirit's drawing you. I believe on this slushy day that you came to church that God is saying, hey, come out of the boat maybe you're here maybe you've had a failure and you've messed up and you say hey I need to ask Jesus into my heart I want to know this Jesus I want to know about this life this life uh, more abundantly and under the sound of my voice today you say hey I I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit in my life I want to give you a moment time to seek the Lord and to know Him today. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to if you'd just lift up your hand. With no one looking around, just just me, you, and God. The only reason I want to know is because I want to pray with you today. Lift up your hand and say, hi, I want to know Jesus. Anybody in the building today? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Lord, godly repentance brings a change. All right, I want you to do this today. If you'll stand with me all across the building, I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Those who lifted your hands, pray this prayer. Those who, who didn't lift your hands, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus... I come to you, Lord, with a repentant heart. God, asking for forgiveness for my sins, for my failures, for my mistakes. I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life, to come into my heart. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for each and every sin. In your name I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise for those three hands. Ha! Thank you, Jesus. Heaven's rejoicing right now. Heaven's rejoicing right now. Real fast. If you're if you just stay in this attitude right here at this moment, listen. Maybe you're a believer, and maybe you failed, and maybe you've messed up, and maybe you feel like Peter. Maybe you feel like Judas. You feel like there's no hope, but can I tell you there's hope in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit can help you make that change? You're not going to be able to do it on your own you're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to make that change some of that may be you may be dealing with addiction some of you are going to have to turn from some things some of you are going to have to cancel some subscriptions. some of you may have to get rid of your phone some of you may have to have some accountability on your drive home from work I'm talking to the church people right now but I, I want to tell you this that that God's Kindness leads to repentance, and 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 it's easy. Listen, if you've been saved for any length of time, it's easy to forget what God did for you. It's easy to forget that 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 what led you to where you are right now. I mean, it it really is. But can I tell you, just like Peter, who made a decision to to go fish, God God has a greater purpose for you, and there can be a change in direction. Some of you have. Lay dormant ministries that God's put in your heart and I'm saying hey you need to have a change of heart because God's going to bring those things back to life and he's sitting on the shore saying come on so I want to do this I want to pray with you if you're here you say hey pastor I want you to be honest today like, pastor I I've been struggling but i need I need repentance from from this thing and i and I want to seek godly repentance and not worldly pre- repentance i've been feeling guilty about it, but I haven't changed anything about it so I want that in my life if that's you just just lift your hand I, I know people are looking around but i I know that may be intimidating to you, but i'm going to tell you if you're honest before God and you're honest uh, before men that God will see you that you, he, he is He's quick to, to, to bless you. So today, if that's you, you say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling in my heart. Would you just stretch your hand towards heaven? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, anybody else? I want to give you this moment today. Let's pray. God, I thank you. God, for your presence that we feel in this place. God, I thank you, Lord, for your kindness, Lord, towards us that leads us to repentance, God. It's your grace and mercy that pulls us. God, when we make mistakes, when we've when we think that we've ruined everything God you are a God who can fix the broken you are a God who makes things right so God I pray for those who are struggling right now Lord who may be with addiction God I pray Lord that there's a change in their heart I I pray Lord that there's a break in addiction right now in the name of Jesus God I pray for those Lord who may, may be dealing with doubt God I pray Lord that there's a change in their heart God that there's a 180 God that they go from doubt to belief, that they go from doubt to faith in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray Lord for each and every person, Lord who maybe there's a weakness God within them and they feel like they failed you. God, you are a God who brings joy. You are a God who brings peace. God, I pray Lord that you would bring back The joy of their salvation. Right now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you honor. Come on and lift him up and give him some praise in the house today. Come on, let's sing this song. Listen, I want to tell you, if you made a commitment today, let us know back at the, at the desk today. Also, if you prayed, hey, I, I need to make a change, find somebody to keep you accountable, to help you, to pray with you. You're not in this alone. You don't have to do it alone. We're here to help each other. We're here to lift each other up. We're, we're all part of the same family. But I promise you there are people here who will not judge you, who will love you, who will walk through this with you, I can tell you that, and that God loves you. I, I want to give you just a little bit of word of counsel right there. And I, wa- I want to just end on this. You know, we want revival, we pray for revival, and I believe that God is, is getting ready to open the heavens over us. But I need to tell you this, the reason I spoke on repentance today was because it is a key thing to getting revival we want revival we need to fix our hearts we want revival we need to have change in our hearts scripture tells us in second chronicles 714 it says then if my people who were called by name my name will what humble themselves and pray and seek my face and look at this And turn from their wicked ways. I think we're good at sometimes at praying. I think we're good at seeking God's face. But sometimes we miss the moment of repentance. Listen, I need it. You need it. We all need it. And I say, thank you, God, for this fresh word today that we all need to be reminded from time to time. Jesus said, or they, the word of God says this, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. How many want your, your, your land restored? How many want your nation restored? How many want your families restored? Start praying, start seeking, start believing, and start turning towards Jesus. He is our hope. Amen. I believe that today. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time.
0: Amen. God is good. It's always a blessing when you get to be in the house when hearts are turned from guilt to innocence. I praise God for that. If you're a guest, like Pastor TJ said, we welcome you. We thank you so much for being here. There is a card in the seats that say, I'm new. If you fill that out and take it to our Welcome Center, we have a gift that we want to give just for you. It's our way of connecting and getting to know you so we can just reach out and know how we can disciple you. If you're not new, but you did make a new commitment or there's something that we can pray with you about, there's a card for that too, just for prayer. So take any of those cards to our Welcome Center just so we can touch base with you, and reach out. A few announcements this morning. Um, First of all, tithes and giving. There are buckets right outside the doors that you can drop your tithes and your offerings into, but also all of the ways online, on their apps and the portals. Make sure you are still blessing the Lord that way. Royal Rangers, we have another um, workshop to work on your derby cars. The derby car theme is Olympics, and there is going to be another workshop on january 31st from one to four o'clock you'll need to sign up and the kits to make your derby car are four dollars if you'd like to participate in that and any anyone who wants to participate in the race you can